The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, it's a short week for a lot of us, not all of us, and that doesn't mean there isn't city news. Lead producer Emily Means is here, and we're going to tell you what's up so you can feel sufficiently informed before you log off for five days. Today's Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Hi, Emily. Hi, Allie. How are you? Pulling back the curtain, we both just did a big deep breath before starting this show today because, I don't know, I'm sufficiently pissed. Yeah, that's, I think that is a completely fair response to the news of the week. Yeah. Okay, um, let's just get into it. So um, here's where we're going to start. A gunman opened fire at a queer bar in Colorado Springs on Saturday night. He killed five people and injured many more and traumatized many, many more. Um, And this is something that feels really close to home for Salt Lakers for a lot of reasons. Um, Salt Lake, I'll say it, this is a queer town. Like everything about Salt Lake's identity, I think, exists because of the it's the city's fight and journey to queer liberation like um the shooter was a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints um a lot of salt lakers have been to um that bar in colorado springs like you know if you grew up here and you competed in sports there or whatever like it's just it's a nearby place in our region where a lot of a lot of Salt Lakers have spent time, so they also feel, you know, a personal connection to that space. This felt almost like hometown news. Mm-hmm. And it also came at the tail end of a week where we were celebrating our trans community members. Um, mm-hmm. So this was this was the worst possible way to end the week. Um, and before we get into what this looks like in Salt Lake, how Salt Lake is responding, I want to give a shout out to our friends at CityCast Denver who were on this story so quickly. They changed all of their plans to respond to mm-hmm. this news. Um, and I'd love to direct you to listen to the show they did on Monday where they broke down uh, the connections between Republican, political, anti-trans, anti-queer rhetoric, and the consequences that has in their community. So definitely go check out CityCast Denver's episode on that. Yeah, absolutely. And sort of like coincidentally, I hate like bundling these stories up together, but um, these are both gun stories. Like Saturday night in Salt Lake City, a 29-year-old woman named Nicole Olson went out to a bar downtown with her boyfriend, as 
people across the city do all the time. Um, outside the bar, her boyfriend got in a fight with another man. The details are a little vague right now, but basically um, this altercation between these two men resulted in the other man pulling out a gun and ending up shooting Nicole Olson, and she is now dead. Um, and her family is devastated. The city's torn up by this. So, I mean, this is a story of people who, th- this was a weekend of people dying that don't need to be dead. And a lot of people in our city, and probably in cities across this country, are on edge right now. Um, we're mm-hmm. seeing local bars respond to this, uh, you know, by upping their security measures because they don't know if their patrons will be safe. There was a new queer bar that opened recently in Salt Lake. Uh, The Salt Lake Tribune has the story on this. And, you know, in one moment they were celebrating their opening and in the next they are planning to install a metal detector at the door and have their Mm -hmm. security staff trained on active shooters situations so yeah you know we're all reeling from this still yeah and like the opening of club verse is still exciting like it's a beautiful bar they're gonna have a great rooftop like um but I think you touch on something that like is really where my head is at right now which is the conversation it feels like in Salt Lake is about security and security is always a difficult conversation and it's a nuanced conversation. Like what does it look like to feel safe in Salt Lake? And I think everyone has a different relationship with that. And I think a lot of these queer bar owners right now are grappling with wanting to implement measures that make people feel safe and make them feel safe and like, you know, work like having a metal detector at the entrance or, you know, figuring out what to do. But at the same time, like stationing police outside of a queer bar, if we look at the history Mm -hmm. of queer resistance, like that is not going to make people feel safer. Right. And so where do you turn to find that sort of reassurance or, or everyone's looking for a definitive solution and it doesn't feel like there really is one other than to turn to each other. I went on Monday night, Emily, to the vigil that the Pride Center did. Um, and you know, I talked with one of their CEOs, her name is Amanda and she was like, well, here we are. We have to lock our doors. They had to have someone standing at all the doors, the entrance, letting people in and out. You know, they're trying to figure out what security looks and feels like to them because this is an organization that wants to have its doors open, right? Like fundamentally, these are spaces where people should be able to go to feel safe in a community where they don't necessarily feel safe elsewhere. And now the very security, the very philosophy of being an open space is threatened by, you know, a terrorist, an act of terrorism. Um, The other thing that Amanda told me that I thought was interesting is I don't know if you saw this news a couple months back, but basically the Pride Center announced that they have three CEOs. And when I first heard that, I was like, wait, how does that work? Like, how's that different from another C-suite? And what I learned last night that I thought was really interesting is that part of the reason for that shared position is that it's an emotionally exhausting role. And so the feeling was that for one person to be heading up that organization, you know, leadership is, I mean, you know, you're a boss, like being in charge is 
is hard and like it can be emotionally taxing just to be in charge but but leading the pride center right now is you know there's an emotional burden and so part of the three ceo setup is to help create a scenario where they can support each other in leadership right now and i think that is that just that just really strikes that i think where we're at yeah this is a time and i don't want us to <laughs> i don't want us to go too far down the the political rabbit hole here, but I do just want to mm-hmm. mention, um, you know, we saw we saw a response from Governor Spencer Cox on this. Pretty short, tight, you know, our prayers are with you. We need to stand with the LGBTQ community. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to see more from him and from our leaders in this state. I wanted to point out that just a couple of weeks ago, uh, the St. George City Council had, you know, like 200 people in their community come in to debate whether, you know, the merits of a drag show in their right. city. And we heard the same kind of terrible rhetoric that we've heard all across the country aimed at our LGBTQ community. That's happening mm-hmm. here in Utah, you know? So mm-hmm. um, get your house in order, Republicans. Yeah. Get your house in order, Governor Cox. And if you care about the LGBTQ community here, we need more than just words. We need to mm-hmm. not see uh, transphobic legislation. We need to not pull LGBTQ-related books from our from our school libraries. You know, right. all of this, uh, it's more than just words. Uh, it These words lead to terrible, devastating, tragic actions. And so we, mm-hmm. need, uh, we need more from you. So um, yeah. on that note, there are resources yeah. for people in our community who are impacted by this. Ali mentioned the Utah Pride Center. I would also mm-hmm. point you to the Transgender Education Advocates of Utah, T of Utah. Under the Umbrella Bookstore is a really great community resource. So that place, um, is, awesome. That place is awesome. So support yeah. them, support each other, and uh, uh, just know that we love you here at CityCast. Yeah. And I want to offer one more thing, and I want to be really specific, which is um, if you are a bar or a local business and you want to think about a security protocol or you're thinking about safety right now, um, the Salt Lake City Police Department does offer this sort of small program, and it's called Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design. And... It does not, like calling them to participate in this, here's what this means. It means that very likely their LGBTQ liaison, whose name is Crystal Grady, will come to your business and walk through and 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 look at some of the security, the ways that you could make your business or bar more safe. Okay, maybe we need more emergency exits or let's get a better signage here. Things like that, like really sort of specific, tangible things. It does not mean that the police will be stationed at your business. It doesn't put your business on any sort of a like watch list or anything like that. Um, And so I guess what I want to say, Emily, is like to listeners, like you should not have to do this. We should live in a world where you do not have to do this. That is the most important thing. But if you want to do this, if you want to participate in this training, if you want to um, t- to even explore, um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. The person you can reach out to, again, her name is Crystal Grady. Um, and so can't say it enough. We should not have to do this. We should be able to go out and celebrate 
freely and safely. But that is that is an option if you're a small business and you're reeling and you're, and you're looking for something tangible. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants, but the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments, so if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. Allie, I've got some pizza news for you. Are you ready? Okay. I can handle it. Building Salt Lake reports that Big Daddy's Pizza on 7th East is coming down. It's coming down. And when I heard this, I said, excuse me, what now? What? Big Daddy's? I mean, where am I going to get pizza when literally every single other option is not available That's... to me? And I mean, literally every single <laughs> other option. They deliver all night. <laughs> they deliver all night. Okay, it's yeah. coming down because developers are working on a student housing project at Fifth Great. South and Seventh East. Yes, we need more housing all around. Um, mm-hmm. But never fear, Big Daddy's fans. They are opening another location on Eighth South. In Central mm. City area. So, um, Allie, I got to tell you, I have a lot of fond memories with Big Daddies. They deliver. Yep, they deliver all I've night. I haven't been in there. What's it like <laughs> in there? Tell us what it's like in there before it disappears. Uh, you know, I don't think you need to go in. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you don't need to got go it. in. And, uh, you know, I used to be a, a student at the U. I lived in the dorms. That's why I have this relationship to Big Daddies because they deliver mm. All night. And I didn't have a car when I was a student at the oh, university. Yeah. So if I needed a 3 a.m., you know, barbecue chicken pizza, they got me. They got me. So, uh, you know, this is devastating news uh, for some people. But never fear. You know, they'll just move down the street. Um, 
Can I share one more story about big daddies? Oh my god. <laughs> Can you believe I can't believe you've got another one. Okay, yes. Okay. I hear okay, it. well this was on Twitter. This was from Jeremy Harris, a reporter at KUTV. And a few years back, he reported a story about uh, you know, like some guy who was trying to rob this big daddy's. He was dressed up in white garbage bags. And the Big Daddy's oh employees uh, beat him away with a pizza paddle. <laughs> so, you know, it's an institution in our community. I wonder if they're frat boys and they were just like, oh, this is autopilot for us. <laughs> Get the paddle, John. Uh, Get the paddle. All right. In other food news. Do you have other food news? No, you have no, no, the no. food news. I was trying to make okay. the segue for you, but you can make it uh, instead. No, because I just got this Twitter alert and I actually do want to slide one more thing in. Did you see this, Emily Means? This is also food news. Your segue can stay. The Millers just bought the majority stake in Swig. Okay. That seems completely natural for them. Yeah. I think this is interesting because I'm like, okay, the Millers are seeing what we're seeing, which is the dirty soda empires are becoming national empires Mm. or at least regional empires. And they're like, now's the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know much about investing, but I have a feeling like... This means something. <laughs> Bloomberg, uh, get on it. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. I'm always like, here's another reason I think it's interesting is because you know how Crumble became the official like jazz yeah, cookie? Yeah. I'm like, is Swig going to become the official beverage of like whatever? The Okay, wait, hold on. Holy crap. This is happening in real time. You know how much I hate the Coke Freestyle machines at the Megaplex. Are we going to get a Swig inside Ooh, the Larry Miller oh, Megaplex? Oh, 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 is oh. this where we're heading? Gail? Gail, call Allie. Oh my God. Call Allie right now. I'm sweating. <laughs> She's I'm got sweating. A, a brilliant idea for you. Uh, Meg Walter, if you're listening, I, I feel like Meg Walter's story coming soon. Okay, I'm a, we got to move we gotta on. We got to move I'm on. I'm going to panic. <laughs> okay. Speaking of food news, let's talk about turkey because, of course, this is, this is the, the week of the turkey. Turkey is really expensive this year in Utah, and KUER did a story about why that is. And the answer is avian flu has hit uh, Utah's Aww. turkey flocks um, pretty hard. Poor turkeys. I know, I know. No one likes being sick. Right. It's not just us. It's like us and we're included in 46 total states that are like dealing with the avian influenza. Um, but it is affecting turkeys and uh, everyone's really feeling the pressure. They have, quote unquote, depopulated 700,000 turkeys in Utah, which I think is probably a euphemism for killed them, but not for being sold. Um, 16 farms, 25 facilities. Like, that's a lot of turkey. So um, there's been about a 40% price increase in turkeys uh, this year. So, you know, inflation is hitting the turkey market. Listen, I'm here to tell you, you don't need to eat turkey. Oh, thanks for I mean You don't need you don't need to. And mom, this is for you really. <laughs> stop make stop making that turkey. I know that it causes you a lot of pain every single year. It takes like eight hours. It takes like eight hours, takes up all your counter space and oven space, takes up your freezer space. What if we just did a lasagna? Huh? Thanksgiving I lasagna? Love that idea. You like where I'm going with this? Yeah, because the turkey <laughs> I rarely go to a Thanksgiving where someone is obsessed with the turkey. I, the last time I remember someone being like, I'm a real turkey fiend, it was the dad from the film A Christmas <laughs> Story, okay? Like, I just don't, the turkey is a vessel, 
for the sides. Like, what do you yeah. do with your turkey? You take a slice of turkey, you load it up with gravy, mashed potatoes. Uh-huh. I mean, if you're me, the whole jelly can. Oh of, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. We love, jelly. we love cranberry I, on the turkey. If we have to have the turkey at all. And specifically, I want the cranberry. I want the cranberry to be. <laughs> that's how I want it to sound when I'm it sorry. leaves the can. What? What was that? <laughs> It, the cranberry, the sound of yeah. the cranberry you just hitting sh- a plate. Shake it out, and it comes it's, out shaped like the can. Yes, exactly. And then wobbles around when it hits yeah. your plate. And I can cut a perfectly round slice. Yeah. That's what I Satisfying. want. Satisfying. I don't need to put it on turkey. Like, sides are the point. The turkey can hit the road. And frankly, the turkey would rather. Like, if I'm the turkey, I'm buying a billboard on I-15 next to Chick-fil-A that's like, eat more chicken. Eat more chicken. So so cranberries is your favorite side, Allie? Well, I don't think cranberries is a side. I think it's more of a topping. My a favorite dressing. side is sweet potato casserole. Oh, mama, you mm-hmm. and me. How do you mm-hmm. take your sweet potato casserole? My mom has a killer recipe. Uh, I have I have now, now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like using my mom's recipes. She makes it the day before, which is so great. Uh, and hers has rolled oats in it. Oh, what? For what? <laughs> okay, it's like it's a sweet potato casserole and then it's got rolled oats in it uh-huh. and then rolled oats on the top. Okay. And you don't cut the sweet potatoes too small. Like you want to keep big chunks. Okay. And then the oats get crispy and the sweet potatoes are sort of soft and they're they're buttery and then if you want to do the traditional like marshmallow mm-hmm. on top thing, you can do that. But mm-hmm. you don't have to cuz it's sweet enough with the rolled oats. Hmm. Huh. Who'd have mm-hmm. thought? So it becomes kind of like a Delicious uh, oatmeal bake mm-hmm. yeah. in a way. Okay, exactly. mom. I see yeah. you. I see What you. about you? What are you getting after? I'm getting after the sweet potatoes. My mom, uh, when we were younger, she would do two different types of sweet potatoes because that's the way she is. We would have the marshmallow Catholic. version. <laughs> the marshmallow casserole. And then my favorite is like loaded with brown sugar yeah. and like some pecans on top. Or pecans. Oh, yeah. I don't know where you're from. Some pecans on top to kind of crisp things up. But it's like fully the texture of baby food, mm-hmm. except for the, except for the pecans. Oh, you're really selling it. Yeah, it is good. And it's good for breakfast the next day. It's good for dessert. Oh, oof. I mean, I how you salivating. can hear us wax poetic on sweet potatoes and be like, you know what I'm looking forward to? Turkey. Turkey. The driest most boring slab of nonsense around. But you know what? Turkey people, this is your moment. Go for we it. Because you. I don't want to see a turkey at Christmas. I only want to see a ham. Well, you know what? We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. In a <laughs> okay, month. yeah, I'm getting out of myself. <laughs> it's been a tough week, and Thanksgiving isn't an easy holiday either. Um, but I hope that you have safe travels and get to eat something that makes you feel comforted and good and delicious. And uh, I'll see you Monday. See you Monday, Allie. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Therina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with our show and our newsletter. Have a great weekend.
you can do mushrooms on top. Or sorry, mushrooms. <laughs> We've got a um, mushroom oat sweet potato casserole. With, listen, Florida, with the marshmallows on top of the mushrooms. Me. Florida woman makes mushroom oat sweet potato casserole. 